Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Paul Gray here. Glad you joined me today. And I want to talk a little bit today about what happened in Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2. This is when uh, we, what we refer to as Pentecost. Penta is the word for 50, and uh, it refers to 50 days after Jesus' crucifixion. So it's in Acts chapter 1. I'm just going to do a few verses from that chapter. Verse 8. Jesus is getting ready to leave the people that he's been with for three and a half years. And he says, I promise you this. And I think we could probably agree that if Jesus promises something, it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized or overcome with power, a good kind of power, the power of love. You will be my messengers to Jerusalem, throughout Judea, the distant provinces, even to the remotest place on earth. And that's for us too. We've been, the Holy Spirit's come upon us. We're seized or we're uh, infused with Holy Spirit power and we are Jesus' messengers. I guess the question is, what message are we going to bring to people? Then Jesus ascended and verse 10 and 11, it says, as they stared into the sky, watching Jesus ascend, two men in white robes suddenly appeared beside them. Angels. Angels are sent ones. They told the startled disciples, why are you staring up into the sky? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. The implication is no looking back. No need to look back. Then Peter, not yet knowing the Holy Spirit's leading by his own idea and power, led them to choose a new disciple. They picked two men, Barnabas and Matthias, and ask God to show them which one God wanted of the two that they had picked. Well, they didn't hear from God, so they drew straws. They chose Matthias, and you never hear anything about him again. See, God's plan all along was to choose Saul, which they would never have done because Saul was a violent opposer and persecutor of Christians. All right, Barnabas, who they didn't choose, later became a big helper to Paul and to lots of others. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, now this is chapter two, and it means completed and fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered into one place. There were 120 to 150 of them in an upper room, a big room. Suddenly, they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could hear, like a tornado or when you're standing close to the railroad tracks and a train comes by. And then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. This was like the pillar of fire in the Old Testament that guided Moses and the nation of Israel in the desert. But now it separated into little personal 
tongues of fire for everybody there. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus had predicted a few days earlier, and were inspired to speak in tongues. Empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned, nor in many cases had never even heard before. That was when the curse of the Tower of Babel was finally reversed. Before that, everybody spoke one language, and then according to the story, God confused them all. They all spoke different languages, so they couldn't accomplish what they wanted. Now that curse has been reversed, and the people filled with the Holy Spirit could be understood by everybody. Verse 5, at that time, there were Jewish worshipers who had immigrated from many different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running to where it was coming from stunned over what was happening because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, aren't these all Galileans? And that's like having a Southern accent in the United States today. Even though they were speaking several different uh, foreign languages, they spoke with a Southern dialect. Aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? We are Northeastern Iranians, Northwestern Iranians, Elamites, those from Mesopotamia, Judea, East Central Turkey, the coastal areas of the Black Sea, Asia, North Central Turkey, Southern Turkey, Egypt, Liberians who are neighbors of Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders, or other translations say, telling about the wonderful things God has done in our own dialect. The Holy Spirit came upon them and empowered them to do just what Jesus said, be his messengers. And what they were doing was, the message they were giving was, they were telling about the wonderful things God had done. Now, I'll get back to uh, that chapter in Acts in just a minute, but I want to I take a little sidebar here and go to 2 Corinthians 2.12. This is written by the Apostle Paul, who hadn't become a believer yet. He was still persecuting people when that happened. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2.12, he said, We did not receive the spirit of the world system, the world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. The Amplified says, now we've not received the spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit, who is from God, given to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. New American Standard renders it this way. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. What a wonderful thing. So, verse 12, yet all these foreign people stood there, dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, what is this phenomenon? Now, I want to ask you, I want to give you a little homework. I want to ask you to consider what these people said once they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and you have all been filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to consider what is the message that you're saying. These people were telling everybody 
about the wonderful things God had done in their lives, about the the wonderful favor and grace and blessings that God had freely bestowed upon them. So you have similar things that where God has divinely bestowed grace and lavish blessings on you. I think God is at least saying to me through this, and I would hope you would consider thinking about giving a little time, focusing your attention on the wonderful things God has done for you, and then be ready to share those with people when the time is appropriate, as the Holy Spirit directs you to. Now, the other people poked fun at him. They said, they're just drunk. They're just a bunch of guys. This is craziness. They're just drunk. They're blabbering like drunk people. So Peter gave his first sermon, verse 14. He stood up with the other 11 apostles, or the 11 apostles then, I guess the other 11, and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are. Come on, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God said, this is Joel the prophet speaking for God says, God says, this is what I will do in the last days. And by the way, the last days started then and we're still in the last days. He said, I will pour out or splash freely my spirit on everybody, all people. I will cause your sons and daughters to prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. This was including everyone, especially those who the religious leaders of the system of the world then would not normally listen to or recognize as having any standing. He said, I will reveal startling signs and wonders in the sky above and mighty miracles on the earth below. Blood and fire and pillars of clouds will appear, for the sun will be turned dark. And Brian Simmons, in the footnotes of the Passion Translation, which I'm reading from there, says, the sun will be turned dark is a figure of speech, meaning lights out on the old. Isn't that cool? Lights out on on the old. The old system is gone and done away with. No need to look back. All right. Um, And he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, when you look at the original text there, it actually says, all call on the Lord saved. The word who or whoever is not there. There is a Greek word, A-N, that when you look it up, it says it has no exact English equivalent. It's actually translated 15 different ways in the New Testament, and about two-thirds of the time, it's not even translated. Translators know there's no English equivalent of this. We don't even really know what it means. Now, some people with a bias or a theological or doctrinal bent have translated into whoever or whoever does or whoever will, but that's not there in the original. All right. Peter continued, people of Israel, listen to the facts. Jesus the victorious was a man on a divine mention whose authority was clearly proven. For you know how God performed many wonderful miracles, signs, and wonders through him. 
This man's destiny was prearranged, for God knew that Jesus would be handed over to you to be crucified and that you would execute him on a cross by the hands of lawless men. Yet it was all part of his predetermined plan. God destroyed the cords of death, death's destruction, and raised him up because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. This is the very thing that David, King David, prophesied about him when he said, I continually see the Lord in front of me. He's at my right hand and I'm never shaken. No wonder my heart is glad and my glory celebrates. My mouth is filled with his praises and I have hope that my body will live. Because you will not leave my soul among the dead, nor will you allow your sacred one to experience decay, for you have revealed to me the pathway of life, and seeing your face fills me with euphoria. The Greek word there that's translated euphoria is only used twice in the New Testament, there and in Acts 14.7. It means the spirit of joy, the spirit of ecstasy that comes only from God. Peter goes on, my fellow Jews, I can tell you there's no doubt that our noted patriarch David has both died and been buried in his tomb, which remains to this day. So you can see he wasn't referring to himself with these words. He's talking about Jesus. As a prophet, he knew God's faithful promise made with God's unbreakable oath that one of his descendants would take his throne. So when peering into the future, David prophesied of the Messiah's resurrection, and God revealed to him that the Messiah would not be abandoned to the realm of death, nor would his body experience decay. In verse 32, Peter says, can't you see it? God has resurrected Jesus, and we've all seen him. Then God exalted him to his right hand upon the throne of highest honor, and the Father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit which is being poured out on us today. After that explanation, Peter says, that's what you're seeing and hearing. David wasn't the one who ascended into heaven, but the one who prophesied. Yahweh said to my Lord, I honor you by entrusting you beside me until I make your enemies a footstool beneath your feet. Now, everybody in Jerusalem can know for certain that Jesus, whom you crucified, is the one God has made both Lord and the Messiah. Well, when the people heard this, they were crushed, and they realized what they'd done to Jesus. Deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, What must we do, brothers? Peter replied, "Repent." Our word is the awful word, repent. What it means in the language Peter used was, Change your mind about what religion has taught you about Adam's small g, dark, fictitious God. Change your mind about that and return to the only true God, as Jesus referred to his Father. And each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit, for God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families, for those yet to be born. That's us. And for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself, which is everyone. Peter preached to them and warned them with these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. That's the religious and political structure who joined together to crucify Jesus because they didn't believe he was the son of God. They believed in Adam's false, dark, fictitious, angry God. All right, verse 41. Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. 
They were all baptized and added to the church. And Brian Simmons says in the footnotes, the word church is not there. The Aramaic word, which is what Peter spoke, is mistranslated today as church. The Aramaic word means meet and come. It was the group that was called out from religion to meet Jesus and come to him. And I'm going to speak more about that next time. I'm going to go into a little more depth there. Verse 42. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. And I'll say a little more about that next week, too. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praise to God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life, those who were being called to meet Jesus and come to him. All right. I want to go over to Acts chapter 8 now for just a little bit before I close. Acts chapter 8. This is after Saul had uh, gone wild persecuting people. I mean, he'd been doing it for a quite a while, but by this time, he it says he went wild persecuting people. Forced to leave the home base, the followers of Jesus all became missionaries or sent ones who were sent out to other parts away from where they were originally from, which is exactly what Jesus said in Acts 1.8. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to go and be my messengers to all these other surrounding countries and all across the known world. So from Acts 1.8 to Acts 8.1, we see that God took some action here or allowed it to happen to orchestrate all things for the good to get these guys out of uh, Jerusalem where he wanted them to go because they didn't want to leave there. It was comfortable there. Wherever they were scattered, the text says they preached the message about Jesus. Going down to a Samaritan city, Philip proclaimed the message of the Messiah. When the people heard what he had to say and saw the miracles, the clear signs of God's action, they hung on his every word. Many who could neither stand nor walk were healed that day. Evil spirits protested loudly as they were sent on their way. This resulted in an uncontainable joy filling the city. And that's those are words that were used to describe virtually the people everywhere that started becoming part of the group of people that were called out from the religious and political system and called to Jesus. Their entire message changed from dark to light. They were empowered and aware of the teacher in them. They were new creations, as Paul wrote later. The old had gone, the new was here. All this is from God who reconciled them to himself, showed them he kept no record of their sins, and made them ambassadors of reconciliation and exchanged the, their missing the mark of the Trinity's grace for Christ's right relationship with Papa and grace. The ecclesia, the called out ones, spread and consisted of little groups, little gatherings of people all over. There were not many separate 
churches or denominations. They were little separate groups of people who were called out from what they had been in, the religious system, and called to Christ. And that's what's happening today all over the world. People who have met the only true God, Jesus Papa, are being called out from the dark religious and political system of the world and called to Jesus, meet and come. That's what the Aramaic meaning of the church is. People are the body of Christ, not organizations or man-made doctrines or denominations. We're going to go into a little more depth with that next week. Hey, everybody, thanks for being with me. I hope this has encouraged you all. I hope things are going well with you all. I'd love to hear from you. Most of you have my contact information, or you can just send me a personal message where you're seeing this, either on YouTube or on Facebook. I'd love to hear, as those people in Acts chapter 2 told, I'd love to hear your story of the wonderful things God is doing in your lives. Thanks for being with me today. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.